Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rama.org.au forward slash media. Yeah, hallelujah. Open up your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's get started. I, I tell you, I'm so excited. Amen. Uh, I'm going to share this with you. I shared it with the first, uh, first hour, but I, I just want to say it to you all again. And the reason I, I, I'm, I'm saying this, again, you know, we've been in over 3,000 churches. We've been in uh, 21 different countries. And uh, so I've been in a lot of churches, okay? I've been in a lot of services, all right? And uh, I want to say this just to let you know. I, I thank God I'm in a real church today, that I'm not in a nightclub. Amen. And some of you know what I'm talking about, some of you don't, so just let it go. But I I just wanted to tell you that, and it's great to be in a real church with real pastors. Amen. And uh, all they talk about is you all. Amen. And uh, I've always said this, uh, good and successful pastors smell like sheep. Amen. And and the only way you can smell like sheep is you got to be around them. You got to be around them. Amen. And whenever I'm around uh, pastors, I always do this. Amen. Amen. I'll ask them questions about the church and about the people. And, and if they don't talk about the church and talk about the people, then they, they, they don't smell like sheep. Amen. And I'm telling you, your pastors, whoo, man, whoo, help me, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So you want to be in a church, a real church, and you want to be in a church that has a real pastor in it. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Grab your neighbor's hand, squeeze it just a little bit, let them know you're alive. Amen. Hold on to it. We're going to pray. We're going to take off. Buckle up. Here we go. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for this opportunity again, (laughs) again. To minister on the ministry of helps. You've given Pastor Tony and Patsy a, a great vision, but it's going to take a great army to fulfill that vision. And you're bringing them from all over Australia and either from other countries, you're bringing them here. And Father, I thank you that, that I've been given an opportunity to have a part in this vision and in this church. And Father, I thank you for this. I thank you that people will be stirred today. They will be challenged today. Your word says to provoke the brethren unto love and unto good works. And I thank you for this ahead of time in faith. And again, I thank you on my behalf for clarity of speech and for simplicity of thought. And again, most of all, I thank you for the anointing that it flows like it's never flowed before. In Jesus' name, and we all said amen and amen. I used to go to church and uh, I used to sit where you're sitting. I would listen to the pastor and uh, give him all my money and go home, amen. And on the way home, I would say to myself, you know, there's gotta be more. There's gotta be more than just driving to a building, sitting in a room, smiling at pastor, giving him all my money and going home. And you know what, I found out there is more. And I'm here to tell you today, God has more for you also, amen. Now look to your neighbor, smile real big and say, he's gonna talk to the people behind us today, amen. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. But I travel and I teach on the ministry of helps. It's been 37 years that we've been traveling, and you would still be amazed how many times I've been asked. And just recently, Brother Bell, is it in the Bible? One pastor asked me, is it in the Bible? I said, Pastor, 
do you have a Bible? Amen. I said, I will show it to you. He said, well, it really does sound good to me. And, uh, and I said, well, you know, I'm going to show it to you. Just sit back and relax. Amen. But we all have a place and we all have a part. I'll probably be saying this several times over and over. But you need to hear, it's not an accident you're here in this church. Are you hearing me? It's not an accident that you're here. Glory to God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to start right there. I'm going to lay the foundation. I hope you're able to uh, possibly be back with us tonight and uh, tomorrow night and the next night. But I'm, I'm going to lay the foundation. I'm going to show you the ministry of helps in the Bible. That Buddy Bell didn't make it up. There's a rumor going around the world that Buddy Bell made up this ministry of helps. I'm going to prove to you I did not make it up, okay? I read my Bible. Look at your neighbor and say, read your Bible. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 27, we'll start there. It says, now ye are the body of Christ. And we're talking to y'all. Y'all understand that kind of talk over here? Y'all, aren't we in southern Australia? Amen. I mean, y'all got accents. I mean, a whole lot stronger than my accent. Amen. <laughs> he says, now ye, and we're talking to y'all. He says, now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. Each and every one of us that are born again today, do you realize that we are particular members in the body of Christ? We're not just members, but the Bible says that we are particular members. Now, when I say the word particular, the other word I think of is special. Do you realize that each and every one of us that are born again today, do you realize that we are special members in the body of Christ? We're not just members, but we're special members in the body of Christ. Uh, people nod their heads and, you know, and some say amen. And, but, but a lot of people, when you tell them that, well, now, brother, buddy, I don't know if I'd say I'm special. Brother, buddy, I, I don't know if I'd say I'm special. Now, now brother Larry sits over there. He's special. I, I know that, brother, buddy. And, and, and sister Merritt sits over here. She's special. I, I know that, brother, buddy. But, but brother, buddy, I, I don't know if I'd say I'm special. Oh, I'm here every time the doors open up, brother, buddy. And, and I'll do just about anything the pastors want done in the church. But, 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 but brother, buddy, I don't know if I'd say I, I'm special. Well, relax. You don't have to say it. The Bible has already said it for you. The Bible says that ye are a special member. And let me tell you something, church. We need every special member working and functioning properly in the body or the body just doesn't run right. Oh, it'll run, but we won't get the full potential, the full power out of the body if we don't have all the special members working and functioning properly. Can I have an amen? Well, let me illustrate that this way with this example. Now, Kathy and I are originally from Illinois in there in, in the United States. I was raised on a farm, okay? If you want to get me real excited, just start talking about John Deere tractors and I get real excited. Do y'all have John Deere's over here? Amen. There's John Deere's in heaven, do you know that? Yeah, the Bible talks about things in heaven are green, amen. <laughs> yeah, and then farmers with them red tractors, ha, we know where they're going, amen. <laughs> The tractors, not the farmers, but the tractors, amen. So you know I was raised on a farm. Well, one of the highlights of my life, when I was growing up on the farm, before I turned 16, before I got my driver's license, was being able to go to my grandfather's farm and drive the vehicles. And go over and driving the tractors, that was something, you know. Going over and driving the combine, boy, that was something. But the big thing to me huh, was going over and driving my grandpa's truck. 
Why? Because it had a clutch and it was four on the floor. But the only time we could drive the truck is when they were using it, when they had it out in the fields. Well, I remember one day I was at school and I knew my grandpa was in the field that day. So I knew <laughs> when school got out, I'd get to go home and drive that truck. I'd get to go home and shift those gears, pump that clutch. Man, I'm going to drive the truck. I didn't learn nothing that day in school. I mean nothing. When they were teaching math, I was shifting gears. Amen. When they were teaching science, I was pumping the clutch. Amen. The bell rang. I got on the school bus. Had to ride it for about an hour to get home. And so I sat up close and I watched that bus driver shift those gears and pump that clutch. And I knew in about an hour, Ben, I'm going to be driving my grandpa's truck. I'm going to shift those gears, pump that clutch. Man, I'm going to drive the truck. I got home. I got on my bicycle. My grandfather's farm was about a mile away. And while I was riding my bicycle over there, all I could think about, man, I'm going to... Pump that clutch. You know what I'm talking about. Amen, man. I'm going to drive the truck. I got over to my grandfather's farm. I came into the barn lot there, and uh, huh, I saw the truck. It was sitting by the shop, and they had the hood up. Well, that's what I said. Oh, something's wrong. I went into the shop there. My grandpa was in there. He had the carburetor off the truck, and he had it all tore apart on the workbench. I looked at him. I said, Grandpa, what are you doing? He said, well, buddy, the truck wasn't running too good. So I stopped, took the carburetor off, took it apart, going to clean it, put it back, get, back together here in a little bit, and we'll get going again. I said, well, hurry up. <laughs> I've been waiting all day to drive this truck. So he started cleaning the different parts of this carburetor and started putting it back in, but I noticed something while he was doing this. And what I noticed was this, that he was taking more time with the littler parts of that carburetor than he was with the bigger parts of that carburetor. Tell you the truth, on a lot of the little parts, he would go over and get into a book and read about them for a few minutes before he would mess with them. So I remember I told him, I said, Grandpa, Grandpa, don't, don't mess with the little parts. Just put the big parts together, you know. I want to drive the truck. And he says, oh, nobody. He says, we've got to have all the parts of this carburetor, big and And we've got to have them all adjusted properly. He says, or this truck won't run right. He says, oh, it'll run. He said, but we won't get the full potential, the full power out of this engine if we don't have all the parts of this carburetor, big and. And have them all adjusted properly. Well, you know, I would just kind of just put the thing together, Grandpa. That don't sound important to me right now. All I'm thinking about right now, all I'm wanting to do right now is just shift those gears and pump that clutch. Man, I want to drive the truck. And he says, okay, buddy. He says, I I'm going to prove something to you. He says, you think some of these little parts here are not that important. He says, I'm going to put the carburetor together. And, and I'm going to put it on the truck. But I'm going to leave out some of these little parts. I'm going to put them over here on the workbench, and I'm going to prove to you how important they are. And so he got in there. He fired that truck up. It took off. But after a few seconds, it flooded out. 
He says, now, buddy, the reason this is happening is because you think that these particular parts right here, these so-called little parts right here are not that important. He said, but I'm going to prove it to you again how important they are. So after a few minutes, he gets in the truck, and, and he fires it up. It takes off. But after a few seconds, it, it floods out again. Huh. You know, a lot of churches run that away. We jump in there first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And after a while, everything floods out. So we let everything settle for a while, and then we'll jump back in there again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And after a while, everything floods out again. Hmm, why does this happen in some churches? I, I believe I know why it happens in some churches. Because, see, in some churches we develop this attitude that all we need is just the big parts. Pastor, don't take it personal. That all we need is just the big parts. That we don't need the so-called little parts. That we don't need to get into the manual and learn about every member and every part and how to finally tune and how to finally adjust every member and every part. Why? So that we will get the full potential and the full power out of the body like we ought to. Can I have an amen? It goes on in verse 28. Now I want you to see this. It says in verse 28, it says, and God has set some in the carburetor. Oh, excuse me. I mean church. It says, and God has set some in the church. Now, what we're about to read here, this is what God expects to be in the carburetor. I mean the church, okay? First, apostles. Now, I don't know about you, but I thank God for the apostles. Amen. I'm not one, but I thank God for them. Amen. Then it goes on and says, secondarily, prophets. Now, I don't know about you, but I thank God for the prophets. I'm not one, but I thank God for them. Amen. Then it goes on and says, thirdly, teachers. I don't know about you, but I thank God for people that can teach the Word of God. Amen. Then it goes on and says, after that, miracles. Now, am I in a service with people that still believe in miracles? Yes. All right, good. Amen. Then it goes on and says, gifts of healings. Now, am I in a service with a group of people that still believes that God heals today? Yes. Amen. And then what's that next little word? <laughs> Notice just some saw it, some didn't. Amen. Uh, you know, uh, uh, over the years, you know, uh, I, I'll go to church. It helps, 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 helps. And just every now and then somebody sees that little word helps there, you know. But over the years, I have figured out why this happens. The reason this happens is because this is where a lot of people blink when they're reading this verse. <laughs> they're wide-eyed when they start reading it. Oh, yeah, apostles. Oh, yeah, prophets. Oh, yeah, teachers. Oh, yeah, miracles. Oh, yeah, gifts of healings. Oh, yeah, diversities of tongues. And they blink over helps and governments. Amen. Listen, I know a lot of blinking Christians. Amen. <laughs> Been to a lot of blinking churches, too. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, we're not a blinking church. But there it is, and it says that God set it into the church. Again, you know, as I saw it a moment ago, there's a rumor going around the world that, that Buddy Bell made up this ministry of helps. I didn't make up the ministry of helps. God made it up. So that told Buddy Bell that the ministry of helps is a supernatural ministry. It's a ministry, I, I, I don't know if I'll say it, but I'm going to say it. This, it's a ministry is just as valid, just as anointed as if God had asked you to be a prophet. Thank you. Say Amen. Amen. Amen means so be it. Amen. 
Now, 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 please understand, I didn't say that take anything away from prophets. I thank God for prophets. If there's a prophet in here today, my prayer for you is that you profit. Amen. Just be what God wants you to be. Why? Because we need the big parts and the little parts working together. Amen. But it's a supernatural ministry. Some people say, how can you call it a supernatural ministry? I'll tell you how, why I can call it a supernatural ministry. Because a supernatural God set it into the church. So wherever I'm serving in the ministry of helps, I can expect the supernatural. When I'm serving as an usher, I can expect the supernatural. When I'm serving as a greeter, I can expect the supernatural. When I'm serving in the outreaches, I can expect the supernatural. When I'm cleaning the church, I can expect the supernatural. Can I have an amen? Because it's a supernatural ministry. Hallelujah. Let me give you another definition. Uh, let me give you the definition for the ministry of helps, and then I'm, I'm going to give you a, one after that that's uh, becoming pretty famous around the world. But W.E. Vines defines the ministry of helps like this. It's as one of the ministrations in the local church by way of rendering assistance or especially of help minister to the weak and the needy. Or in other words, if you are rendering assistance, in any way in the church, outside of the church walls, if you're giving help to the weak and the needy, ye, my brother and sister, you are operating in this supernatural ministry, the ministry of helps. You know people, I know people who've been sitting in church for years, crying out to God, oh God, I want to do something for you. The Holy Ghost speaks and says, well, we need some ushers in the church. But not realizing and understanding that that's God, that that's a supernatural ministry, the ministry of helps. That person will, will cry out again, oh God, I want to do something for you. The Holy Ghost speaks and says, well, we need somebody to come to the church and take some food and clothing over to a needy family. But not realizing and understanding that that's God, that that's a supernatural ministry, the ministry of helps. That person cries out again, oh God, I want to do something for you. The Holy Ghost speaks and says, well, we need some children workers in the children's church. And they respond, get ye hence behind me, Satan. Oh God. What are y'all laughing about? <laughs> I got to tell this story. I, I, I had a person come up to me one day in church. This was in church. And, and said, Brother Buddy, the devil's been trying to get me to serve in children's church. <laughs> True story. They said, every time I pray, this is what they said. Every time I pray, I, I hear children's church, children's church, children's church. And I know that's the devil, Brother Buddy. <laughs> They went on and said, see, I've got to be out in the sanctuary where the Word of God is being taught. And on top of that, what if my pastor has a word for me from the Lord and I'm back in children's church? Go ahead. I laughed out loud. <laughs> you're, you're not in here, are you? The one I'm talking about. <laughs> got real quiet there. Amen. Amen. <laughs> But if you're rendering assistance, if you're giving help to the weak and the needy, she was being prompted by the Holy Spirit to serve in a supernatural ministry. And people come to churches for years sitting and just hoping and praying, God, say something to me. And he is. Look, look your neighbor and say, well, he's really talking to those people behind us. <laughs> Let me give you another definition. Maybe you'll like this one. This, this is, uh, 
This was written in the 1800s by a Pentecostal holiness preacher by the name of God Bay. And he defines the ministry of helps like this. He wrote a commentary on the New Testament, and this is how he defines the ministry of helps. He starts off with the word O-H-O, and it's not O. That's how a lot of people respond to rendering assistance, giving help to the weak and the needy. Oh, why do they always call me? And on top of that, who gave them my phone number? <laughs> when, when I go to churches, I, I ask people, well, what do you do here in your church? I'm excited when I ask people that question. And typical answers and responses over the years have been, oh, brother, buddy, I, I'm a bucket pastor. Somebody's got to pass the buckets in our church. Our pastor's always taking offerings. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not making these up. I asked another person one day, I said, what do you do here in your church? I'm excited when I ask people that question. And this person responded and said, oh, brother, buddy, I, 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 I serve in the, in the choir. They've been harassing me for weeks on the telephone, so I gave up. <laughs> I'm not making these up. I asked another person, I said, what do you do here in your church? I am excited when I ask people this question. And this person said, oh, I just do whatever pastor wants done around here. Amen. And this is how a lot of people, this is how they respond to this, that God has said into the church. I mean, a lot different than one of these other ministries we just read about. Uh, let, let me give an example. Let's say the word comes down from heaven. This is God. I am in search of a prophet to serve me in the prophet's ministry. Oh, 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 Lord, caught those things as being on as though they were. Lord, I'll do it. Prophet, get out of my way. Prophet! We get all excited about that one, amen? But you let the word come down from heaven. This is God. I am in search of a children's worker to serve me in the children's ministry. <laughs> you know, brother, I think God is speaking to me to speak to you about serving in children's ministry. <laughs> you ever had that happen? Amen. Amen. But, but Brother God, he, he, he don't start off O in his definition, but he starts off O. Oh! Y'all don't look at me like that. Amen. Some of you are looking at me like, where'd they find you, brother buddy? Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's where all preachers come from, amen. That's where you found those two down there, amen. <laughs> but Brother God Bay starts off excited. He's excited about every member, every part of the body. Listen to this definition. He starts off, oh, the infinite value of the humble gospel helpers. Thousands of people have no gifts as leaders are number one helpers. How grand revival work moves along when? When red hot platoons of fire baptized helpers crowd around God's heroic leaders of the embattled hosts. Yeah, woo! 
What a definition for our children's worker. Amen. What a definition for somebody that cleans the church on Saturday night. Amen. Yeah. Let me give it to you one more time. Some of you sit, sitting there in shock. He starts off excited. It's that same excitement that you experience when the prophet comes walking into your church. Hmm. Do you have the same excitement for your nursery, your nursery or for your children's ministry workers as you do for the prophet? If you don't, then, then you're becoming a respecter in the body of Christ. We're in this thing together. Amen. We need prophets and we need children workers. We need people to clean the church. We need ushers. We need greeters. We need people to serve in the youth ministry and, and serve in, in our outreaches. Amen. We're all in this together. Tell your neighbor that. Say, we're in this together. Amen. He starts off, oh, the infinite value. Listen to his words. The infinite value. Pastor, you, you can have an usher that's worth $100,000 $100, this church just by the way they serve someone that comes walking in here. You could have a children worker that's worth another 10, 15 acres of prime property here in this city just by the way they minister and take care of a little one in children's church and on and on and on it could go. Oh, the infinite value of the humble gospel helpers. Thousands of people have no gifts as leaders, but we are number one helpers. How grand Revival work moves along. When? When red-hot platoons of fire-baptized helpers crowd around God's heroic leaders of the embattled host. Woo! Man, that ought to give you a Holy Ghost goosebump. Do you have those in Australia? Holy Ghost goosebumps? Man, that ought to make you want to say, where's children's church? Let's go. Amen? Three of you want to do that. All right. Turn to Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6. Oh, man, we're doing real. I'm going to get you out before 2 o'clock. Amen. Look at your neighbor's smile and say, I love that buddy bell. Amen, amen. Acts chapter 6. It says, And in those days when the number of disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. We're coming up short on some assistance here. We're coming up short on the ministry of helps, all right? Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the Word of God and serve tables. Now, let me explain to you why, what they mean by that statement, okay? They are not stating that they will not serve tables from now on. They are not saying that. What they're saying is we cannot do everything ourselves. Okay? Just like your pastors can't do everything themselves. But I have been to churches where that was the attitude pastor is supposed to do everything. In the United States, they've done a study that 1,700 pastors a month in the United States walk away from their pulpits never to return. 1,700 pastors a month. I wouldn't be surprised if the majority of them came from churches with the attitude that pastor is supposed to do everything. Amen. Amen. I'm here to tell you today, your pastors cannot do everything themselves. They are not Superman and Wonder Woman sitting down there. Amen. Even though you might think they are, they're not. I'm sorry. They have a heart to serve. Amen. 
and they, and they serve, but they cannot do everything themselves. So look what they said to him. They said, Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually prayer unto the ministry of the word. And the same pleased the whole multitude. Now, if you're here today and you've never seen a miracle in the Bible, here's your first miracle. Everybody was pleased. <laughs> Look at your neighbor, smile, and say, miracle. And, and, you know, we laugh, but I'm the type of person that if it happened in the Bible, it can happen here. It can happen today. Amen. And what I like about it, I, you know, the Holy Ghost said to me uh, one time, he says, buddy, you know why they were pleased? Why were they pleased? And I just backed up a little bit, and I thought, well, it probably because uh, they were involved in this process. Amen. Pastor Tony is going to get up in December, and, and, and Pastor Patsy, and they're going to talk about the vision. They're going to tell you how you can be involved and in all that's going to be happening in this church. Amen. Look at your neighbors and say, we're in a Bible church. Amen. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and five of the guys they ran around with. Why couldn't they have names like Buddy, yeah. and Bob, and you know. Now verse 6, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. Well, wait a minute. Were they sick? Did they need to be healed before they could serve God? No, there's other reasons why we lay hands on people. Amen. Now. I want, I want you to get the picture here. These guys just volunteered to serve tables and take care of the widows. And the apostles wanted to pray over them and lay hands on them. I mean, really? I mean, they're just, you know, serving tables and taking care of the widows. I mean, at least, well, you know, praise, praise the Lord, at least they're doing something, you know. I've been around that attitude before. I've been around in churches where people look down on nursery workers and children workers and youth workers and people that clean the church and, and ushers and greeters. I've heard this many times. Well, that's nice what you do. Maybe one of these days God will really use you. Oh, I'm glad God spoke to you about going back there with the kids. I mean, you really got to be anointed to go back there. Now, y'all, I travel a lot, so I, I, I talk about other churches all the time, okay? Y'all looking at me like I'm talking about you. I'm not. <laughs> I'm talking about other churches, okay? Don't look at me like that. Amen. I haven't been around here this long. Amen. I'm talking about other churches. Look at your neighbor say, other churches. <laughs> Amen. But I've been around that attitude, you know. Well, that's nice what you do. Maybe one of these days God will, God will really use you. That was said to me once. I, I was serving in our, our, our nursery, our children's ministry. Well, that's, when do you think God's really going to use you, brother, buddy? And I thought, you mean he's not using me now? You know, words cut, and they cut deep. 
Hosea 4, 6 says, for my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. In my Christian walk, I searched for five and a half years trying to find my place in the body of Christ. Five and a half years, I was confused, frustrated, many times very angry toward God. And all I wanted was just to find my place. I would go to church, just like you came today, and I would leave and think, there's got to be more. There's got to be more than just coming and sitting, getting a Bible lesson, and going home. People would point at my wife and I and say, God broke the mold when he made us and laugh at us because we were the last ones to leave because we cleaned the church and straightened the chairs and get it ready for the next service. Words cut and they cut deep. Amen. And I'll never forget, I'll never forget my pastor when he opened up the ministry of helps to me. And I sat where you're sitting with tears in my eyes and I said, you know, I'm not weird, I'm not strange, I'm not different. These were names we were being called. And I said, Buddy Bell, God didn't break the mold when he made you. The mold is still in the Bible. They brought these men before them that were serving tables and taking care of widows. And they prayed over them and they laid hands on them. As I travel around the world, I've been asking pastors, when was the last time you, you prayed over your children workers and laid hands on them? When was the last time you prayed over your ushers and greeters and, and laid hands on them? When was the last time you had a special laying on a hand service just for those who serve in the church? Stephen and Philip and their five friends said, I'll do something for God. And that's all God is asking. He's asking, just, just do something. That's why I brought you here. I want you to do something in the kingdom of God. And that's all God's asking, is just do something. Stephen and Philip and their five friends said, we'll do something. And the apostles prayed over them, laid hands on them. And it says in verse 7 that the word of God increased. And the number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. And a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. I've had people very boldly over the years say to me, well, when God does something, I'll do something, brother, buddy. And I tell them, right back to them, I said, listen, you got it backwards. All God's doing is just asking you do something, and then he'll really do something. But he wants you to do something first. Amen. Just do something first. Why? What will happen, brother, buddy? We'll read the next verse. It says, and Stephen, remember, he's the one serving tables and taking care of widows. It says, and Stephen, full of faith and what? Wow, I didn't mention power before. It wasn't until after. I'll do something. I'll help with the widows. I'll serve the tables. And it says, and Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. The Amplified Bible uh, reads this way. Listen, listen to this. It says, now Stephen, it doesn't say and Stephen, now. That means something happened before. What happened before? Yeah, I'll do something. I'll, I'll, I'll help the widows. I'll serve the tables. It says, now Stephen, listen to this, full of grace, divine blessing and favor and power, which is strength and ability, works great wonders and signs, miracles among the people. Do you need power in your life? Do you need the power of God in your life? Do, do you need a miracle? Do you need a wonder? 
I'll, I'll, I'll do something. I'll, I'll be an usher. I'll, I'll be a greeter. In just a few minutes, the service is going to be over. And out, outside in the foyer out there, the, all the ministries are lined up. Amen. Where you can go out there and put your name down and say, I want to do something for God. I want to do something for God. And when you do something for God, God's really going to do something for you. I shared this in the first service. I, I, I want to share it with you. Over the years, I've had people say things to me, and, and, but it wasn't here until recently that a young lady said it to me that she was so sincere when she said it to me. And I'd heard it before, but I never really thought about it before. She said, you know, brother, buddy, if I could figure out what God wants me to do for him, I would do it with all my heart. I'd heard that statement before, but she was so sincere. She meant that, Karen. She meant that with all her heart. She said, Brother Buddy, if I could figure out what God wants me to do, I would do it with all my heart. I looked at her and I said, the devil's got you in neutral. He's got you right where he wants you. You're not doing nothing. And God is wanting you just to do something. Just do something. And then he'll really do something in your life. Over the years, I've met a lot of people that didn't intend to be where they're at today in life. But they just started doing something. I've talked to a lot of pastors that said, you know, I had no intention of ever being a pastor. I got saved. I loved Jesus. I, they needed somebody to clean the church. I cleaned the church. They needed an usher. I ushered. Whatever they needed. I, because I, my heart was, brother, but I just wanted to do something for God. And now I wake up and I'm a pastor of a, of a church with wonderful, wonderful people. And I had no intention of ever becoming a pastor. In my, in my own life, I, I had no intention of being, w w doing what I'm, I had no intention of, of doing this. Amen. I, I, Kathy and I, we, 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 we just wanted to serve God. We wanted to do something for God. They needed ushers, we ushered. We needed greeters, we greeted. They needed somebody to clean the church. We came on Saturday night and cleaned the church. And here I am today in Brisbane, Australia, ministering the Word of God to you. Think about this. Why are you here? Or let's put it this way. Why did God pick you first to be here? You know there could be someone else sitting in your seat. A lot of people out there. But He picked you. He picked you first. I think God knows something that you don't know about yourself. But I have learned that when you stay with God and continue to do something for God, I begin to find out more. I begin to find out that that power that was on the inside of Stephen, it's that same power on the inside of me has been released and abilities are beginning to come out of my life. And the same with you. 
I'll do something for God. And let's end with this. Turn to chapter 7. I'm getting you out almost two hours early. <laughs> Look at your neighbor, smile, and say, I love that buddy bell. <laughs> Amen. Chapter 7, Acts chapter 7, verse 55. But he, now he is Stephen, you know, the one serving tables and taking care of the widows. He's about to be stoned to death. It says, but Stephen, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven, saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. And said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. As I shared in the first service, I'll share this with you. Uh, I'm amazed that it's never been brought to our attention of the misprinting in the Bible. I'm amazed. I've never heard anyone point out this misprinting before. Because you and I were taught that when Jesus went to heaven, he is Seated, seated on the right hand of God. Is that true? Is that true? Amen. Well, I'm here to tell you today, this is not a misprinting in the Bible. Did you hear me? This is not a misprinting. But it is the only place in the Bible where it's printed that Jesus stood for someone before they entered into heaven. And who did he stand for? I'll help with the widows. I'll serve the tables. I'll do something for God. And Jesus stood to his feet before Stephen entered in. Can you understand Brother God Bay a little bit better now? Can you understand how he could sit down and begin to write, Oh, the infinite value of the humble gospel helpers. Thousands of people have no gifts as leaders, but we are number one helpers. How grand revival work moves along. When? When red hot platoons of fire baptized helpers crowd around God's heroic leaders of the embattled host. Would you stand up with me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's all God's asking for. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.